1: You're just in time to listen to me chatting to a fascinating famous person over top-notch food. Today, well, this guy is nothing short of astonishing. He started off as a youth worker, then honed his skills as musician, songwriter and rapper as part of the burgeoning grind scene. He then turned his love of cooking into a show on Dave entitled Big Eats. He's now a judge on a new TV cooking competition, Hungry For It, just starting on BBC Three, and is moving into acting as part of a new show, Sneak Ahead, on UK TV and Dave. Today, he explains why cucumbers are disgusting, how to stop your burn from splitting, and why everyone needs to watch Glee. It's only Big
0: Zoo. But other thing I hate, mushroom. Oh my God, fungus from the ground. Why do I need this?
1: So where do you take a man like Big Zoo for lunch uh, in a city like London? Well, i come to Shoreditch and we are by the Bow Noodle Shop. Bao um, has about five or six outlets, I think, in London. Um, Obviously, they do bao, they do stuffed buns, but they do small plates, Asian food, lots of noodles. They do good stuff. And I think this is going to be right up Zoo Street. We have a room downstairs. Let's go in. Afternoon. Good afternoon.
0: How are you? You okay? Very well. Very good to meet you. I love how we're just set
1: up ready. And in front of you, We have some deep-fried noodles with seaweed powder and some pickles. They make their own noodles as well, so they're homemade noodles. They are, aren't they? So we're eating today in a a, a sort of private dining room on the ground floor, the basement floor of Bow Noodle Shop in Shoreditch. So you may hear clanking from the kitchen Mm. and things going off because the kitchen is just next door. But it's kind of keeping it real, isn't
0: it? It's the most authentic podcast I've ever done.
1: I note, Big Zoo, that you've recently changed your name on Twitter. Yes. What have you changed your name on Twitter to? Uh, My name is (laughs) BAFTAZOO. Why have you changed your name to BAFTAZOO? Because I want to. (laughs) (laughs) Have have the um, British Academy of Film and Television Arts been in touch yet to question?
0: No. (laughs) They're just letting me get on with it. It must have been (laughs) a hell of a night. We won Best Feature. Right. For Big Zoo's Big Eats. Yeah. And then I won Best Entertainment Performance. Which is pretty weird. Is it? Yeah, because <laughs> if I was up against Graham Norton and Michael McIntyre and, and, and other incredible people, it was a surprise. Have you managed to see it back yet and see the look on Graham Norton and Michael McIntyre's face? Yes. The, as uh, they uh, applaud your, your, your victory over them? I've met them both and they're good people, so I think for them, it must have been weird losing to me. <laughs> but I'm sure they, like, appreciate that I'm a young man and it's kinda of like it's a big opportunity for me. And they've all been nominated like a thousand times anyway.
1: Yeah, sure. And they've won a thousand yeah. times. So it's it's
0: it's time for Zoom. It absolutely is. Did you get did you get a nice feeling off the audience? Was yeah, it? definitely. When I gave my first speech, it was it was weird. I feel like a lot of people expected me to be nervous or expected me to kind of like be worried, but I was just more focused on delivering what I had to say. I saw Ross Kemp, I saw his head and I was fixated on his head, because what- has got a big round head. He's got confidence. a big round head. I don't want to cuss him too much, because he's a strong man, but I'm so used to when I like say something, when I do something, having a point, you know, like having a camera or X to look at.
1: Did you focus on? I focused on
0: Ross Kemp's head. Okay.
1: And that kept you kept you balanced? Yeah. So one of the things you did after winning, um, I think it was a BAFTA, was it a BAFTA? I won two, yeah. Yeah, you
0: won two, uh, was you did the BAFTA rap?
1: Yes. Can you remember your BAFTA
0: rap? Yeah, it was a freestyle on our Kiss Fresh show. But I'll give it to you now without the instrumental. Man got a BAFTA, but man's not an actor. Man got a BAFTA, because I was chefing that pasta. I said, man got a BAFTA, but man's not an actor. Man got a BAFTA, because I was chefing that pasta. They said, zoo, put us in the mood. I didn't get one. Rubo, I got two. They said zoo. Passing the moods. I didn't get one. Rubo, I got two. And then it ends with yo, yo, man got a blaster. Yeah, yeah, man got a blaster. <laughs> Round of applause. I- we are good? <laughs> yeah, we're all good.
1: This is Alice who'll be serving us today. Well, there is one thing we should say because I know you're halal. Yes. Um, they've got halal chicken in, so okay. we, can, we can so can have have <laughs> we can have the fried chicken. We can have the uh, fried
0: chicken. That's yeah. beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. That
1: has to be done. Um, it, they don't need to make a normal portion. They can make quite a large portion of the yes. fried. I mean, once they bought the chicken.
0: Yeah. We also got like the uh, dandan noodles. Yeah, I'll so definitely try that. It was, like, yeah, like, okay. nice.
1: So, if you do the dandan, I'll do the beef cheek and short rib noodles. Yeah, yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And then I from. I will say go for the egg yolk on the side. As i well. go for the egg yolk. <laughs> if you're saying go for the cured egg yolk, I'll go for the cured. And then from the bow, daikon. Daikon and prawn for cat. Do you do prawns or not? Yeah. Okay. Let's do daikon. Could we
0: have a fried chicken one. And a prawn one,
1: please. Yeah. And you've just ticked a whole bunch here as well. What, the eel and. The
0: smart cucumber. Yeah.
1: The fried Ogles Shield cheese rolls. Yes, Listen, you haven't met a cheese you couldn't b- drop in the deep fat fry, have you? Yeah,
0: that's true. Okay, so I think we should do that. Would you like tea or drinks? Do you have a daiquiri with no rum, please? Can I have a daiquiri with no rum? So we can do. Uh, the raspberry yako, which is like the non version. Yeah, that's like right. Let's do it. Well, oh, I'll have one of those as well. Like, two of the raspberry
1: yakko tea. Actually, I'll tell you what. You <laughs> have that, and I'll have the lemon iced tea. And then we're, we're mixing really it up. Ah,
0: oh, thank you. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. It's a nice place. The,
1: the halal thing interests me because <laughs> you're Muslim. Yeah. I mean, I don't have to tell you, you know that. Um, <laughs> The only way you'd know, actually, is watching the show in detail when you go shopping. Yeah. You don't bang on
0: about it, do you? <laughs> we, I mean, we try to slide it in there once in a while. We don't, we don't want to feel like we're force-feeding it down people's necks because some people react differently to it, but we want to show that food is accessible regardless of your faith.
1: But also there are different interpretations because yeah. it has to be said that you're not exactly one of those teetotal Muslims, are you?
0: No. <laughs> I do enjoy a little alcoholic beverage once in a while. I haven't I haven't drank for a while. I've stopped drinking recently, so I haven't drank for a couple of months. But it's weird. On the show, I'll have halal food, and then I'll also have a cocktail. So it kind of, like, spins people's minds. People are like, what's the point? I'm like, well, one, it's between me and God. Yeah. And two, I'm a young man enjoying my life. And what I like is that, I get some parents that message me on the show. They're like, we love it. We can show our kids about halal food. And then I get some that message me. They're like, can't believe you had a drink. And I'm like, well, I'm British. You're also also now what, 20? I'm 26. Yeah. you, You are an adult. I am. You can decide for yourself. Yeah. But telly, you know, you forget how much things you represent when you're on it. So sometimes it's like, even though you do want to make decisions for yourself, sometimes that like ripple effects you have on other people is important and you have to be mindful of it. But if you, I feel like if you own it, people can't say anything to you. Well, I, let me go back. There, there's a great
1: story yeah. of you going back to your school yeah. and the head teacher giving the indication that he was delighted and he'd always liked you. Is it true you were excluded for talking too much?
0: Yes. I was always a bright kid, but I, I love speaking. Eventually, towards the end of year 11, I got kicked out of English. So I would have to do a year just doing my English. And what did they kick you out for? Talking too Talking much? too much, because I was... But there's an irony there. I know. One of my lines in one of my songs, I say, in school I got told that I talk a lot, but it's mad for my voice now, I make dope. I got kicked out of English. It was to teach me a lesson. They kicked me out for two weeks. I fixed up my behavior. And then I gave them what they wanted. Were you performing in class? Definitely, that's what it was. It was just craving for my friends to think that I'm funny. Were you? Kind of. <laughs> I was out there. Yeah. I wasn't the funniest. Luckily, I was able to do food tech. Well, that is a help. That is a help.
1: <laughs> all so
0: they, they definitely cling on to that because me, Tubbs and Hyde the guys that I do big eats with. Sure. All did food tech in our school. But. Tea. Thank you very much. Thank you. And see you. Thank you. This is a great podcast. We're just chilling, eating, drinking. I know. We're not in a random studio. No. When we got asked to do a pilot for Big Eats. They were supposed to get two other influencers, but they couldn't get anyone on a day. So I said, why don't we just get my friends I went to school with? And they were like, we don't know about that. They had no choice. Ended up getting them for the pilot and the channel loved them. So they went from being my two friends that I was just cool with to my co-hosts on the television. What were they doing before they got the call? Nothing. (laughs) They both worked for delivery companies and they delivered food. We all worked for Uber Eats when we was younger. Did you? I kind of like went on to do music and become a musician, whereas they kind of stayed delivering Mm -hmm. and yeah. But you were still mates, clear? Yeah, yeah, of
1: course. Proper mates. (laughs) You've said you started cooking at quite a young age in your house because your mum was pregnant.
0: Yeah. What was going on? Did she ask you? So my mum was heavily pregnant with my little brother. Me and my mum just lived together. She just stopped cooking dinner. Being the young fat man I was, I'm very hungry. (laughs) So when I cooked it properly, she actually said, you know what, it's actually nicer like this. So it was that satisfaction of proving my mum wrong. My mum's African, very strict. Sierra Leone. Sierra Leone, they're always right, their kids are wrong. That's kind of like the mentality. So when I was right, it was like, oh my God, I'm right. (laughs) So I took that and I ran with it. I started making a lot of full Englishes for my mum, make her breakfast in bed and then, Baked pasta. beans or no baked beans? Oh, gotta have beans. Okay, just checking. Then I'm like, oh wait, if you add onions, it's even better. And then you start seasoning the beans. You started pimping your beans, didn't you? Pimping them out. But this is when I'm like ten. Then I go to secondary school, and then we do food tech, like we've spoken about. Then I learn how to make a bechamel, I learn how to make a roux. You've, I mean, you say in your book, which is great.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. That the miracle of the roux. Yes. I once wrote a piece, so just so this is all on the record, in which I said there is one thing that defeats me, yeah. and it is a bechamel sauce. <laughs> Every bechamel I ever made split.
0: What's the what, What's the key to a good bechamel? I mean, a lot... It's, it's the timing. It's the timing of when you add the milk and how you let it heat up. A lot of people, what happens is I think their bechamel burns on the bottom, so then the heat doesn't get to come through to the top, so then that milk never gets hot enough to mix in with your flour and butter. I've made... Thousands of béchamel. so... Have they ever split? Of course! Thank God for that. Of course! I'm so relieved. They used to split, I used to get so pissed off. Yeah. Because we wouldn't have enough butter and flour. So we'd just have to get, we'll go with it, <laughs> sometimes.
1: Obviously, if you did home ec, you then sort of leave the class with a Tupperware box of food. Yeah. And you've talked about that being power. Yeah. You had something. And, and two things occur to me. You're right, being able to cook is yeah. a power. The other one is that there may have been kids around you who weren't getting enough food.
0: I never thought about that. That's definitely true. In the school that I went to, in the area that I grew up, St Augustine's in Kilburn, high levels of of child poverty. It definitely there's people whose only meals were at secondary school. Like smack cucumber. Okay. Mokushan cheese roll and jalapeno inside. On the side, we've got plum
1: ketchup and coriander sauce. Wow. And here we have the Taiwanese fried chicken with hot sauce. Oh, brilliant my God. stuff!
0: I'm going in for this. I have yeah,
1: to say this Yeah, go chicken. in. Hmm. That's good. That is, isn't it? There's a proper. The ginger comes in straight away. And a, the chili sauce, whatever the sauce is, I'm assuming there's some gochujang in there. We love gochujang. You love gochujang.
0: I oh. watch a lot of food stuff. Do you, do you tell yourself it's research while you're doing it? Yes. but <laughs> I used to watch MasterChef, the Professionals. A fine programme in many ways. Because my friends used to always say, why has it got less fun than the original? And I'm like, that's the fun of it. Monica Gillette going crazy. Mm. And Michelle Rue being angry. I love it though. I will never want to go on there. Because oh, I will get rinsed. They'll tell me make a roly-poly and I'll be stuck. I'm so used to having a home ec. Yeah, but that's the point, isn't it? That's not why you're, you're, you're doing what you're doing. I, I, yeah, but people think that I'm supposed to be a Michelin star level chef. Do they? Sometimes, yeah. Oh. When I told them I have a home ec, they're like, what's that?
1: So for anybody who doesn't know, a home ec is the person on a TV cooking show who probably cuts all the vegetables, preps everything, so they're all sitting there in bowls ready for you to cook. They may well have actually checked what the recipe is and got it all in order. Yeah. So to make sure that it actually works when you're cooking it.
0: Because you can't roast the whole joint. No. Can't wait four hours for it to roast. Yeah, they'll do the one, his one I did earlier. The home ec did the one that they did earlier. Yeah. I get stopped on a street a lot. People say, do you actually make the food? And I say, yeah, just stages of it. <laughs> You're a busy man. You can't be expected to chop every one of the onions. I can't chop every tomato. I can't do every single process. I think home eggs don't get a lot of love. Because when you watch TV, you never see what they do. But they do an amazing job. They do everything. I mean, I do a lot on Big Eats because it's on a food truck. (laughs) Even when I have the guest on Big Eats eating with me. So we are filming two days. First day is us preparing all the food, doing our research. Second day is me spending a day with the guest, eating the food. Right. So I'm with you all day. I'm clearly not cooking. I thought it was Tubbsy and Hyder. <laughs> I, I thought it was your mates.
1: I thought they, they're standing in the truck. So, oh Jesus, this is all my dreams. I'm sorry, man.
0: I'm sorry guys, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> You're ruining the mystery of television here. I'm
0: sorry guys, I'm here to ruin it. I think Homex home deserve what we have. Sometimes I look at Homex and think you should be the chef.
1: To his credit, when James May did his cooking show yeah. for Amazon. But what he did do was basically turned his home ec into a character. And she yeah. would regularly walk on and go, this is just, I mean, I, you know, what am I doing with my
0: life? <laughs> we love that. Yeah. I come up with the dishes on Big Eats, me, the producers and the home ecs. We all come up with it together. But having a good home ec is so important.
1: So who, who are your home ecs? Do you want to big them up?
0: We have quite a few. I um, want to big up Rob Allison, Richard Harris, Isla Murray, Rosie McQueen, Rosie Pasta Queen, Phil Wells, and all the rest of you who I don't know the end of your, your names, but we'll get there one day. You'd
1: be nothing without them, would you? Definitely won't be. <laughs> Plus, you'll be doing a lot of washing up. Yes. Um, have the last bit of chicken. You I, know you want it. Oh, I? are you sure? You're the guest. I've had two. I know. and I, I had will have two. three. Yeah, you will have three. Thank you very I much. I mean, I could have the deep fried cheese because there are three
0: of those. You have that. All right to be fair. I haven't tried to um, pickle cucumber because I hate cucumbers. But Do please, you? I think cucumbers All right, disgusting. they're with smoked teal, so it's kind of... The eel is nice, but the cucumbers is disgusting. Cucumbers taste like off-date water. All oh, right, okay. Like best before it's reached its use by.
1: <laughs> it's water that's reached its use by date.
0: Yeah. I mean, they are obviously, you know, massively water. But which... other thing I hate, mushroom. Oh my God, fungus from the ground. Why do I need this? Yeah, but you've got to cook with them at some point, haven't you? I cook for people. I made Jimmy Carr a lovely um, mushroom dish. Can't remember the name now because I cook a lot.
1: we call the home egg. They'll know.
0: Yeah, they'll know. It was a truffle mushroom something. So truffles and mushrooms. Do you not do truffles either? I like truffles, okay. but not too much. I feel like it ruins pasta dishes sometimes. I know what you mean. I want to taste the ketchup. It's pepper. a bullying
1: flavour. Yeah. I'm quite quite liking the fact that it, cucumber is your thing. Baked beans is mine. You don't like beans? Hate why? Just the texture, the sli- I mean, why don't you like cucumbers? I don't like the texture, the okay, sweetness. Okay, do you like black beans,
0: mm. like Mexican food and stuff?
1: This is the thing: if you go to an American barbecue place and they've done their baked beans with three different kinds of beans and bits of
0: bacon so like and that. pork, I love
1: that. What about
0: Heinz ketchup? Oh, it's fine. I feel bad for other ketchup companies. Do you? You're wasting your time. Why are they even in the market? Hot sauce. I feel like you can't ever have too much different variations of hot sauce.
1: No, you can't. I mean, how much of your fridge at home is condiments? So
0: I. How many shelves? <laughs> so we. There's four of us that live together. We're all lads. Yeah. We have more different types of sauces than we have actual produce in our fridge. Yeah, yeah.
1: And how many? How many types of sriracha do you have in there?
0: At least forty-five.
1: Yep. And and what is That's the flavor profile there. of your hot sauce needs?
0: I love extreme heat. But lovely tang. Like, I put hot sauce in macaroni and cheese. I think it's, it's needed. I put mustard in. Mustard, it's the same kind of profile. Uh,
1: well, it's, it, it is kind of, although yours is a bit butcher than mine. I put both. Is that not the denim on denim of food? Yes. But it makes
0: the mac have more love. When did you start putting the hot sauce in the... Uh... When I watched Guy Fieri on Diners, Drivers and Dives. OK,
1: the American one. Oh, I think we've got some bow. Oh god.
0: Chicken bags here. Wow.
1: Which one of these would you like? We've got Daikon, prawn, chicken. I feel like the prawn is the most interesting. Alright, you have the prawn. You can have the chicken. Oh. This is all. I going took my the last way. chicken. You did. It was all gonna come back to you. So it's inside a lovely little rice
0: bao thing. We love a bao.
1: I want to talk to you about the, the words, the rhyming, the fact you were chucked out of English when basically you were going to make your first name. Oh is that good, the prawn bell?
0: Prawn is lovely.
1: There's this hilarious thing that you're chucked out of English when yeah. your interest is in a literary form. Yes. <laughs> it's taken a while for people to accept it as a literary form, but it is. <laughs> and it's about language and rhythm. It's everything that every single English teacher should be absolutely yeah. fascinated and obsessed by alliteration, synonyms, homophones, the whole lot. Everything. All in one. And what was it that attracted you? Was it, was it the sound of it or was it the associated... what it looked like to be a grime man? A grime it was form. the
0: sound. The sound was fast. It was 140 BPM is normally what grime is um, associated with. And 140 BPM is the um, speed of your heart. When you're, like, running and stuff or playing football, when you're hyped up, it is the same... Thing. Feeling so, when you're gas and you're jumping up and down, you listen to grime. There's this feeling that comes from it that I can only explain as it's like a moment. Oh, okay. more buns. Yeah. Who got the first chicken? I he had he had the chicken. I had the chicken. So I will take that chicken. I like the prawn. Sure. The prawn is really good.
1: We'll both get to the daikon oh, yeah. in the middle. Promise. Yeah, Promise.
0: So while you're doing lyrics, while you're doing music, yeah, you're also still cooking. Yep, it was part of my social media. And I used to put cooking tutorials on my Snapchat. Long story short, filmed a YouTube video called Big Zoo's Kitchen that went online, it did what it did. Two years later, my friend who works at a production company saw the video of me cooking, sent it to his bosses and said, we should get this guy, get him a show. Sent it to Dave UK TV. Dave said, okay. Let's do some development, we spoke about ideas, we came up with Big Who's Big Eats. They paid for the pilot, and the rest is history. How are your Dan Dan noodles, by the way? They're really good, would you like to try some? Let's see if this is working. A little bit of Dan man. F- I'll tell you what, What do you throw a little bit on this plate. They're all really stuck together. So Dan Dan should be in a peanut sauce, are they? I feel like the bottom is, it's all stuck together, but we're oh. getting it.
1: This is technically very difficult, but I appreciate it taking the trouble.
0: There we go, come on, There we go.
1: When did you get a sense that what you were doing was radically changing and bringing in a new audience?
0: When I did Sunday brunch.
1: With Simon Rimmer?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Live telly, we cooked a cheeseburger quesadilla. Right, okay, and a quesadilla is a toasted Mexican kind of sandwich with cheese. But we swapped the the normal, like, Mm. fajita filling, which we probably used to, I guess, and put little patties. We put pickles, red onion, and mustard. And I cooked it on telly. And the reaction was, it was just crazy. People were like, oh my God, this guy, like, why is he so relaxed? Why is he, Why does he talk like a normal guy? Why does he sound like this? Why does he dress like that? And I realised it's because of representation. Food is normally synonymous with people that don't look like me, They don't sound like me. So. You said that in your BAFTA speech, didn't you? Yeah.
1: Well, Explain what you said.
0: Well, I spoke about me coming from Sierra Leone, my mum coming from a war-torn country, which she did. My mum was pregnant and in the rebel war in Sierra Leone and moved to England to um, seek asylum. Haider's family come from Kurdistan, which is not recognised state, and he left the war. And then Tobzi, Mr. Ahmed, he was born in Iran. His family are from Iraq, and they had to leave Iran because of the Iran and Iraq. All three of you are from a conflict yeah. story. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. Then I speak about representation of chefs, how chefs don't really look like me, and how important it was for representation of for people like me, for younger people that look like me, or young people that maybe not look like me, but feel like me. I used to think the ba- the battle was black people, but it's not. The battle is classism, and it's about ownership in telly. Who is behind telly? Who owns the production companies? Who is the owner of the channel? Who is the head of XYZ? Who is this? Do you now have a production company? Have you yeah, set one up? I started my own. Just because I never understood how important it was to do that. But, when I spoke about the working class on the BAFTA speech, the clap that I got was like a roar. I, I think telly can't be made by just one type of person. You can't just have black people making black shows. You can't just have white people making white shows, it people. You all need to come together. That's what England's about. It's multicultural. So the second year we did Big Eats, we tried to get more people from my background. Then the third year, we started getting young people from charities who've never worked on telly in their life to come in. And, and you've got more of them. That's coming up very soon, isn't it? So Big too- Eats, Big Eats Free should air. Uh, in in summer, I didn't I didn't want to diss my, my people that I love growing up watching because I do love Gordon Ramsay, Jamie Oliver, Heston, Simon. I I love all these people. Nigella. like they're the people that made me love food. But to say that there was a young person like me when I was growing up cooking food on telly, you couldn't tell me why.
1: Does that give you a strong sense of responsibility now? It's a okay. lot of pressure. And let's be clear, you you've done youth work, you've worked as a mentor. Yeah. You've talked about wanting to set up a football club for kids from disadvantaged backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So it's not like
0: this is suddenly occurring to you as an idea. No, I've always I've always known how important it is for me to break down stereotype. Where did that come from? Ask a career I can a career advisor. What's a job I can do that involves talking? I said be a youth worker. <laughs> All right, that's not a bad answer actually. That's not the w- I mean, some of them, you know, you think, yeah. why are you did, But that's not a bad answer. It was a it? good answer. And I, it's testament to her. That that's the reason why I volunteered for City Year and worked with them, with young people, because I had no idea where I was going in life. I thought, I'm good at whatever, but I have no, like, real passion for anything, apart from food. But becoming a chef, and the only reason why I didn't go to catering school is because I wanted to be with my friends. If it wasn't for that, I would have probably gone down to cake. I would have gone to catering school and become a chef. Yeah, you'd have got your MVQ one, two,
1: possibly yeah. three, and you'd be buried in some kitchen shouting, <laughs> Yes chef, we chef and making, you know, croquettes. Well, you still are. Yeah. <laughs> Question is, what are you now? Are you a grime artist
0: who cooks on the side or are you now a cook who does a bit of grime? Now I just become an entertainer. I think I'm going more down the TV celebrity chef. That's what people call me. But I have a radio show every month on Kiss. I put on my album in October. I've done a couple of shows. I've just done my first acting gig.
1: Yeah, you've got to tell me about that. That's um
0: sneak ahead. Yeah, sneak ahead.
1: It's three thirty minutes set in a Peterborough. train Sports Direct. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Other other shops are available. Other shops are available. <laughs> if, 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 yeah, we
0: don't want to we don't want to get into trouble with the asses. <laughs> How was that? Are you playing a version of yourself? No, I am playing a guy that is similar to me, but not quite me. It's a guy called Malenga, who is a failed um, gym trainer, personal trainer. And it's filmed with Hugo Chenwin, who is Man Like Beats from Corrupt FM. So working with him was really, really important because it helped me settle in, but acting is very tough. Learning music meant that I could read the script on the day read what we're doing for the day, and be able to regurgitate it while pretending to act.
1: While pretending to act? Yes. And if you fake it long enough to make it, you'll, you'll be there. Yeah. Was there ever a point uh, where you, you know, the offer comes in
0: yeah. and you thought, no, I can't do that, I'm not an actor, is that no longer part of your makeup? I was reco- It was in lockdown, so I recorded myself in my room, having a conversation with no one, pretending that I knew what I was doing. At that time, I was like, I'm really bad at this. But Hugo pushed for me to be in the show. I knew that he'll get something out of me. And being on set and doing it, I was like, yo, I am I might be made for this. I might be okay at this. I had a lot of fun doing it. I will hopefully be doing more acting in the future.
1: And you're doing a, a sort of reality show, Hungry For It, which goes out on BBC Three today as this episode of Out To Lunch drops.
0: Two great things dropping at the same time. Exactly. Hungry For It yeah. is with a bunch of young people, 18 to 25. Stacey Dooley's the host. I am a judge. I'm basically John Thoreau. Are you? I don't say less cook. Hung For It showed me how hard it is to be a food judge. Taught me that critiquing food is not easy. Well, well I'm glad the, you mentioned it, actually. I'm glad you mentioned there's it. There's not a lot of words for taste. No, there are This tastes good. Give me all the other words for taste without adding why. To the end of it, because a lot of people, what they do is, if something, if they don't know another word for taste, they say it's really peppery <laughs> or smoky. I mean, I could go Flavory. through
1: them. I can go through them because they're the words I hate when it comes to it. It's rich, it's unctuous, it's mellow, it's soft. At one point, I got into emotions. This food tastes of happiness. Food tastes of carelessness. I really no. like that one. We've all eaten food that tastes of carelessness. of yeah. Food that made by who it's doesn't give a fuck. It's not easy,
0: though it's really tough, especially on the spot with three cameras pointed at you. It's not easy and I, it made me appreciate all the times that i watch watched cooking shows and people dissect what's in front of them and then it was guiding the young people through the process, getting them towards the end. We did kitchen services every episode. We fed hundreds of people. I was the head of the Pop-up kitchen, which is the lesser kitchen. And then my friend Kayla, who's the other judge, she's the head of the higher-up kitchen, the restaurant kitchen. And running the kitchen with these young people, I think when it comes out, it's going to change what we know as a food competition.
1: Two very key questions. Yeah. First of all, whose idea was it to make a slider bun out of noodles? (laughs) I haven't made it yet. It's in your book. Uh, You cook the noodles, um, and then you sort of let them dry and a bit of egg in, well, not let them dry, but until they're dry enough, and you put some egg in there, drain them, and then you push them into a muffin tin and bake them.
0: Yeah. Or you can boil them. This is madness. Don't know, you try it. I I will try it. Because then when you finish the bun, you cook it on a flat top to get that crisp. Basically, Phil Wang doesn't like bread. Phil Wang doesn't like bread. Hates bread. It's not that he's celiac or... No, he hates bread so much. He thinks bread is like colonisation. He just hates it. <laughs> he hates bread. D- does he think that that bread is uh, the West's revenge yes. on Asian people? Yeah, and okay. he loves noodles. So we said, okay, what we're gonna do is make bread out of noodles. And we did it. And when you bite into it, it is... It's. I don't know why more people are doing it. How are you doing? Do you think you've drawn to a halt? I will continue to eat forever. I want to try this. I'm going to try this now. You're here in front of you and try the daikon. Daikon is very weird. It's sort of a turnip cake, isn't it? Yeah, it's like turnip cake. So we slow steam it. Oh, wow. Slow cook and a deep fry. Even after a bit of time, it's been nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It is. It really is.
0: Do you let me know if you've got space for the dessert after a while? Oh, I'll let you decide. No, no. Do you do dessert? Of course. All right.
1: We do deep fried bio with a scoop of Horlicks flavour ice cream inside. Oh my awesome. god. I think we should go for one of those. Let's Thank pair. you. So that's that's one question. Here's the other question. And this is almost a point of meeting for us. This is crazy. Here it goes. I understand that you're quite keen on a Disney sing along. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, what's your favourite Disney tune? Okay, it might not be Disney. Oh yeah. But High School Musical has some bangers. I do love Glee. And I love when they sang Don't Stop Believing. You see, that's totally on brand, isn't it? Because one of the brilliant things about
1: Glee was it was all basically about inclusion, diversity, and anybody being who they wanted to be. Mm -hmm. In fact, have we finally nailed it, Zoo? Are you a Glee character brought to life in the real world?
0: I basically am. I am Glee. I am Glee. (laughs) I never thought I'd ever say that. (laughs) Never spoken about that in a podcast. I think I'm a representation of where I'm from, but being positive. Because normally where people where I'm from, grind music, rap music, mandem, the hood, makes you think that we're all bloody upset and sad about life. We're not, we feel the joy. And we like eating daikon bao buns.
1: (laughs) Well, look, this is a perfect moment. We've got dessert heading towards us, but as that comes our way, let me say, Big Zoo, if I may, or BAFTA Zoo, as you now are. BAFTA Zoo, thank you. Thank you for letting me take you out to
0: lunch. Mate, I wasn't ready for such a great day. Sometimes podcasts with people we've never met before can be really awkward. Yeah. It's the opposite of awkward. I'm filled and you've given me a new understanding of who I am. I am a Glee character.
1: Brilliant. Well, that was simply one of the most joyous lunches I've had in ages. Uh, Zoo, thank you so much. And props to the Bow Noodle Shop in Shoreditch. You did us proud. Go to baolondon.com, that's B-A-O-London.com for more info. If you love the show, uh, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please do spread the love and tell everyone you know about this podcast. Also, comment. Give us five stars on Apple if you can. You know it makes sense. Out to Lunch is a Something Else and Jay Rayner production. The music was written arranged and performed by me, Jay Rayner, and Robert Rickenberg. The recording engineer was Paul Brogdon and the mix engineer, John Scott. Assistant producers are Anya Das and Bethany Hocken. The producer is Selena Ream, and the executive producer is Darby Doris. Next time, it's the actor, writer and director, Dame Sheila Hancock. I'd never seen these shows with these people showing their penises. I couldn't believe it. I was sort of I'm saying, is this really on television? It was so funny, and he was the same. And he loved it. You see, oh, it's lovely. It's wonderful. How oh, exciting! What do you think of that one, darling? <laughs>